Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, good evening, good evening. Welcome to Reconnect My Heart podcast, the show that we talk about life's problems that may break or tear our hearts apart. On Reconnect My Heart, we'll discuss God's answers to life's problems to reconnect our hearts back to the way he originally made us. I'm your host, Brother Prater. I'm so glad that you are able to join us. If you have any questions, comments, or if you just want to listen to the show, feel free to call us at 516 516- Four five three nine one one eight. That's five one six four five three nine one one eight. Or you can go online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash reconnect my heart. You can also go to our chat room, which is on our website which is available right now. Yeah, it's available right now. Just plugging it in. You can send your prayer requests. You can give your comments or even even want to just send your prayer requests or comments, whatever you desire to do. 
I would like to say a huge hello, hello, hello to my church family, True Believers, Tabernacle Church, my senior pastor, Pastor Otis Logan. If you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, feel free to come and join us. We are at 4204 Cardinal Drive, Dallas, Texas, 75216. Once again, I want to thank each and everyone who are tuning in to this show, and thank you for your continued prayers and support. Today, I want to talk about something a little different. On the show, we want to talk about being saved. What does it take to be saved? What are the benefits of being saved? But also, help to live a saved life. We want to talk about that and much more in the episode called The Search of Salvation. Or you can say it like this, The SOS of Life. The Search of Salvation or The SOS of Life. I remember growing up, I used to watch Gilligan's Island and some of the other shows that may have had a ship or a boat going off. And whenever that ship was wrecked or that boat was wrecked, whenever they needed help, whenever those who were on the boat needed help, they were always right in the sand, S-O, and so from my knowledge, that have always meant help. And for people who see SOS, a lot of people understand that they need some type of help or there's someone or something that needs some type of assistance. And so in this Christian life, first of all, in this world, we have to realize that we as human beings, as mankind, because of the sin of Adam, the human race had a big SOS on their life. They had a big SOS on their shirt, on their chest, and on their back, on their forehead. Everywhere pertaining to mankind, we were with sins and simply meaning that we were disconnected from Christ, excuse me, from God the Father. We needed help because of the sin of Adam. It It brought conflict between us and God. And so fast forwarding, God knew that no ram, no sacrifice, animal sacrifice could substitute the stain of sin. And so what he did, he allowed his only begotten son to come through 42 generations to come and rescue humanity. 
Now, Jesus Christ being 100% God and 100% man, 100% all the way, 100%. In other words, he had the characteristic that no one else have ever had. He came from a virgin named Mary. He was actually a human being. Jesus Christ was actually a human being. But also, even though he was 100% human being, he was also 100% God. So when you think about it, think about this. We all have a father or a mother, regardless if we know them or um, have a relationship with them or if they are no longer present on this earth. We all come from a man. We all come from a woman. There was a man and woman that came together, and we are the offsprings. We are the results of the male and female coming together. But Mary was a human being, but she was impregnated by the Holy Spirit. So God came into the form of man named Jesus. God the Father, God the Father saw that the human race needed a redemption, needed a redeemer. So God the Father allowed God the Son Two different people. God the Son to come down in the form of a virgin to live, and not just to live, but ultimately to sacrifice, to lay down his life for us to be able to have access to God the Father. So when we look at it, a lot of times, and I'm going to tell you like this, I'm going to be very transparent. Growing up, I used to always hear of being saved was hard. And I used to think that you have to wait till you get old in order to be saved. But I really found out when I really, not just got saved, but when I really understood who God really was, who God is, what Jesus Christ did on the cross for me, I realized it was actually a no-brainer even though I accepted Jesus Christ into my life when I was a kid. But I did not I did not really get delivered. I did not get delivered until I got older in my life and I realized there were some things because me thinking that I knew better. I I thought I knew what was best for my life and in my life. I made some mistakes. I bumped my head a couple of times. So I realized that even those mistakes that I made, I didn't have to make them because Jesus Christ already had a plan out for me. But because of me not seeking him, I end up not just making a wrong choice, but I end up having to deal with the consequences of my choice, just like you. Many of us have made mistakes along the way. But thank God that even though because of the blood that was shed through Jesus Christ, we have someone that love us enough that already knew that we were already sinners, but yet and still, he chose to die for us 
so that way we can have the right relationship with God the Father. We can have a relationship. Like I said, because of the sin of Adam, think about this. When God told Adam, the day you should eat of the fruit, you shall surely die, he wasn't talking about a physical death at that time. See, because of sin, ultimately, we did die physically, eventually. But when he said, the day you should eat of the fruit, you should surely die, he was talking about a spiritual death. In other words, death meaning separation. There was a separation between us and God. But like I said, because of Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ died for us, and now we have access to have a right relationship with God the Father. So with that being said, I realize, you know what? Being saved, you don't have to wait to get old to be saved. You don't have to wait to, well, you know, um, I don't have anything else to do. I guess I gave my life to Christ. You know, I used to hear people growing up, oh, man, all you do is go to church. You never have fun. A lot of time, and I'm going to say this, a lot of time people just think, well, there's a lot of rules. You know, see, being saved, it's just a bunch of rules. I don't have time for all that. First of all, let me say all this so that way we can get the mess out. First and foremost, those are not God's rules. Those were man rules. Man threw that in. See, a lot of time people add on to stuff that God didn't say. That's why we called it, and it's actually a biblical term called, get this, legalism. Legalism. That meaning you add in requirements upon things that God have already established. Well, see, uh, in order for you to be saved, you got to uh, look this way. Uh, you know, you got to have your hair uh, that particular way. You have to dress this particular way. You can't wear shorts. I'm going to say some of the stuff that we used to hear growing up. You know, uh, uh, men, you can't wear a short sleeve shirt. Uh, you know, you can't have long hair. Uh, women, you can't wear makeup. Uh, you know, if you, if you, if you want to be saved, you can't have your children to be in sports. Uh, you can't do this. You can't do that. All you have, to, all you can do is just go to church. You can't participate in any uh, extracurricular activities. You can't play sports with your children. You can't do that. You know, if you if you um if if you wash the dishes, if you do something on Sunday, you're going to hell. If you don't make it to church that particular Sunday, for whatever reason, even if you sick, you better get to church because if you miss church, you're going to hell. All of that is not God's word. Those were add on by people who were unlearned of God's word. Excuse me. Now, let's look at what the Bible says about how to be saved. We're going to go to Romans 10 and 9. I'm going to read it from the King James Version. Romans 10 and 9. I'm going to start at the ninth verse, and I'm going to read down to the 13th verse. This is how you become saved. 10 and 9 tells us that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, 
and shall believe in thy heart that God that raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Ten, for with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Eleven, for the scripture says, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon who? Him. Thirteen, get this, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, it mentions that thou shalt confess, confessing with thou mouth. What is confession? Confession is saying the same thing that God said about the situation. So what did God say? Confessing that Jesus is Lord. That confession is acknowledged that God has been incarnated in Jesus. In other words, Jesus Christ is God. See, we're not talking about, well, uh, it's the God the Father. It's two different individuals. There is God the Father, in which God is not his name. That's his title. God the Father and God the Son, Jesus Christ. Now, the third one is God the Holy Ghost. It's the Trinity. Even though we call that terminology Trinity, that word Trinity is not in the Bible, but we use that word to help us to be able to understand in a humanistic standpoint. So there's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. So confessing that Jesus Christ, born of a Virgin Mary, born of a Virgin Mary, that means untouched by man. In other words, Jesus Christ being fully God himself through the Father and fully man through the mother, Mary. So Jesus Christ, coordinated of God. Also, if thou shalt confess the Lord Jesus Christ with thy mouth and believe in your heart, we're not talking about your organ that's on your chest or in your chest. That's not your quote-unquote heart, the heart of a man. The heart of a man is his soul, which is right below your navel. That's the reason why if you notice, people say, well, I had a gut feeling. I had a gut feeling. Well, actually, that's the heart of man, your soul. Your soul is right below your navel. Your thoughts, your intellect, how you process things, that's your your soul. See, there are three aspects of men, just like I mentioned the Trinity of God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, where man is a trinity also. There's the flesh, 
where we use our senses, touch, taste, see, smell, taste, hear. That's the physical. And we need the physical body for this earth. Now, when we die and when we make it to heaven, this fleshly body will not be used, needed. God allowed a body for us to use on this earth. But even though this physical body is temporary, the real us, our soul, does not die. So the three aspects of man is the flesh, the soul, and then inside the soul is your spirit. We're not talking about the Holy Ghost. Those are two different things. The spirit, when God breathed the breath of life into us, we became a living being. God's breath, spirit, God's breath, that's within us in our soul. So, just like how Jesus, excuse me, just like how God have a trinity, we have a trinity, body, soul, and spirit. So the soul, the or the 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 heart of man, that's where we have our process of thinking, our intellect. So we have to have a heart to acknowledge the heart faith or having faith within our heart, the real us, that Jesus Christ is God that was raised, that not only got up on a cross and died, but he didn't stay dead. He rose up. He rose up. So the heart faith that God raised him from the dead. That comes from verse 7. The heart faith that God raised him from the dead, the result is salvation. Now, get this. We mentioned about faith. Faith is going on not what you see. We're going on what you don't see. We have to just accept and believe. Now, the first thing we have to do, like I said, is to confess with our mouth. And what do we confess? We confess by what we believe in our heart, that God raised him from the dead. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. That means it is believed unto righteousness. And it is with your mouth that you confess that you are saved. It is confessed unto salvation. So what do we do? We say what we believe in our real man, spirit, our soul man. We say what we really believe. Salvation comes through acknowledging to God that Christ is God and believing in him. Now, Paul quoted Isaiah 28 
and 16 to show that salvation is by faith. Whosoever believed on him shall not be ashamed. He quoted this verse before in Romans 9 and 33. So he made it clear that Romans 10 and 9, which Romans 10 and 9 and 10, that salvation is by faith. We believe in the heart, receive God's righteousness, and then confess Jesus Christ openly and without shame. So we have to remember the last point that he wanted to point he wanted to show was Paul's final quotation was from Joel two and thirty two to prove that the cis salvation is open to everyone. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be what? Shall be saved. Paul had already proved that there is no difference. There is no difference in condemnation coming from Romans 3, 20 through 23. Now he affirmed that there is no difference in salvation. Instead of the Jews having a special righteousness of their own thought because of the law, he was declaring to be as a much as a sinner as the Gentiles. So in other words, now because of Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ did not come to throw away the law. He came to fulfill the law. And now even when you look at it, the 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 last the Last Supper. The Last Supper actually is not what some people think. Well, you know, this is the last time they were eating. No, the reason why it's called the Last Supper was because because of the the law, the law where the Holy Spirit fell upon a person, and now because what Jesus Christ was going to do on the cross, there was a better covenant. Now, at first, we just had the Ten Commandments, but it did not make us, it did not, quote-unquote, save us because the law was hard to accomplish on your own, especially when people added on legalism, added on criteria to being saved and all that. So now what Jesus Christ was going to do on the cross, he said, look, He's introducing a new covenant, a better covenant, where before the Holy Spirit fell upon a person, but now because of what he's going to do on the cross, the Holy Spirit will live within a person. That means God himself living within us. Where is God living in us? God, the Holy Spirit, is living within our spirit. That's the reason why when people are searching, looking for things. They're trying to look for happiness. They're trying to find it in drugs, alcohol, uh, a mate, sex, whatever. Nothing can fill the void in your life that only has a place where God, the Holy Spirit, can reside. So nothing can substitute where God has is is form and is shape for God Himself to live in there, and He's the only one that can fill that area. So, 
when it come down to it, we as believers, when we accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior and believe in our heart and we openly confess we are saved, now this thing, who can be saved? Is it just the Jews, the Greeks, the blacks, the whites, someone without a past, someone who had never done any wrong? No. Clearly tells us that who shall ever believe in him, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. That comes from verse 13 of Romans 10 and 13. So does that mean that I have to have a blemish, a, a, a sin-free life? No. You look at some of the people that was in the Bible. There were some people who were just, if you want to say had a heinous background, a past. You look at Mary Magdalene. What? She had demons. There are so many people that was in the Bible, ordinary people or even people that were demon-possessed, people who were uh, the tax collector, all these people, the rich man, all these people. Everybody in the Bible represent somebody of us in this day and time. But just because those people in there, we might have seen the amount of work they've done after Jesus came into their life, but let's think about what they were doing before Jesus Christ came into their life. They were ordinary people like us. Look at the Ten Commandments. Look at the Twelve Disciples. Were they some special people, elite people that God chose that that uh, that Jesus Christ chose because they were qualified. No, he got some fishermen, just ordinary people. He got some ordinary people to show that he can do extraordinary things through him. It's the same thing with you. God is showing you, hey, look here. Trust me, accept me into your life, and allow me to do the mighty work in you. Through you, when it boils down to it, it's not our ability. And also, like I said, don't let anybody make you feel that. Well, you know what? I know your past, so you, you know, you can't be saved. And also, I'm gonna say it like this: Now you don't have to show proof to nobody. I know there's bad terminology or grammar, but you get my point. You don't have to show proof to anybody that you are saved. I'm gonna say it like this: See, back in the day. Matter of fact, my Sunday school teacher used to uh, um, speak about how uh, when he first got saved, he had to go to the people at the church. And at the time, you know, but what did you see? What what uh, what what kind of vision did you see uh, that made you see make you uh, accept Jesus Christ? Uh, well, um, I just believe it. No, no, no. Well, you ain't saved then. Uh, uh-uh, uh. No, you don't have to. You don't have to prove to anybody. That, you know, you saw two birds at 12 o'clock at night and all that stuff. No, no, no. First of all, you don't have to allow people to question your salvation. Now, let me say this. Now, salvation, what is salvation? What is salvation? Salvation means security. We are secure. We have a relationship. We've been reconciled with God of Jesus Christ. Now, I want to say this. Now, see, with the law, let's talk about the difference between 
what the law, what the old the uh, the old covenant versus the new covenant, the better covenant. Now, the law righteousness it was only for the Jews, but we are under grace. Our faith, we see this is a faith fog. See, our faith, our faith righteousness, it tells us who who should be saved or who have asked to be saved, whosoever, whosoever. Now, with the law, it was based upon works, abilities. But what about faith? Faith comes what? Faith comes by faith alone. The righteousness, our righteousness comes by faith alone. It comes by faith. Now, get this. Do you work? Do you do you have to do anything to receive salvation? You just receive it. You receive it. Because of us being saved, we would want to obey God and, you know, try to let people know who Christ really is, what they what he has done for us in our life. Now, doing the work, doing things is not going to get you saved. But because we are saved, we would do. Get this. If you had a if you had a doctor and the doctor he was the best doctor. He treated you nice. He would not only give you the bill, but he said, you know what? Here, this $1,000 bill, uh, this is my price, but what I'm going to do, I'm going to give you a coupon for $1,000. And every time you come, it's going to be this price, but I give you I give you a, 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 a coupon to take care of it. If somebody's in need of that kind of doctor, you're going to let them know about that kind of doctor. Oh, that doctor, not only he took care of me, but he took, I mean, he, he, he fixed me, he gave me the medicine, and when he gave me the bill, he also gave me the coupon to take care of it. Not only that, but he really cares about me. He called to make sure that I made it home safely. He called the next day to check to see how I was doing, and he did a progress report to check and make sure how I was progressing. See, you would promote that kind of doctor. But see, now we're promoting a doctor that was able to perform something that nobody else could do, and that's operate on the relationship between us and God the Father. So let's look some more at the law's righteousness versus the faith righteousness. See, righteousness with the law, it was self-righteousness. But see, with faith, is what? God's righteousness. So in other words, we have no reason to boast because we are, see, we have no dog in that race pertaining to our ability to make ourselves saved. And like I said, nobody can tell you or disqualify you from getting saved. So in other words, nobody can come into you your relationship with God. Nobody can come in between your relationship with God. You got complete access to God the Father yourself. But also I'm gonna say it like this. Nobody can tell you you can't talk to God. You can't get to God. You shouldn't be saved. You ain't saved. Nobody can tell you that. And don't let anybody ever tell you, well, you know what, uh, uh, before you get to God, you got to go through me. Nope. That's the reason why when Jesus Christ died upon the cross, when he said it was finished and he laid down his life, 
that curtain split. It didn't split from the bottom up. It split from the top to the bottom. So in other words, God ripped it from the top to let him to let us know he's coming to us. We got access see, we got access to God the Father from the top to the bottom. So don't let anybody make you feel, well, you know, you, you got to come through me and blah, blah. Uh-uh. No, no, we got direct access to the Father. So with the law of righteousness, it cannot save. But with faith and in faith, it brings salvation. The law, we have to obey the Lord, which we need to obey the Lord. The law of righteousness Obey the Lord, but the faith righteousness call upon the Lord. Two things: the law righteousness it brings, or it leads to pride. You've heard about people. Well, see, I pray four times a day. I pray nine times a day, and see, I've been fasting for three for three days and all that stuff. See, and people that's gloating, people that has a hidden agenda, a hidden motive to puff themselves up to make you feel belittled because, oh, yeah, I know I know every scripture in the Bible. And guess what? They can quote scriptures back and forth, but guess what? Just like they can quote it, so does the devil. But that brings pride. But see, faith righteousness, it brings glory to God. And also, last thing, like I mentioned earlier, under the old covenant, the Holy Spirit fell upon people. But in the new covenant, the Holy Spirit now lives in us. The Holy Ghost lives in us. It enables us to not just obey God, but even when we study God's word, it, it comes back to our remembrance. The Holy Ghost brings back to our remembrance the things and the ability that we can't do alone. We have the Holy Ghost living within us to give us the ability. That's why the Bible tells us I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me, but also greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. So we have a living hope through Jesus Christ. So it's not our merit. So, like I said, we have no reason to brag. See, this is something that was beyond man's control. So don't let anybody make you think that they're good enough for salvation. First of all, salvation is a gift. Grace is a gift, not of man, but it's for man through Christ. But also for you to realize God loves you enough that it's that being saved is really easy. But also, I'm saying like this: being saved is actually fun. It ain't no rules and uh, no. See, actually, being saved is the best decision I ever made. And guess what? I can be saved and have fun. You can have fun being saved. You can watch TV. But also, what happens? God will show you. Hey, look. Don't get into this. Don't do this. Don't go there. Don't go here. Because this person or this place is going to bring you down. It, has, it does not have your best interest. But see, 
what God has for you, God has. God has a perfect plan for our life, but the devil has an agenda to bring us down, to destroy us. So God will forewarn us to let us know, hey, look, there's a booby trap that the devil has set. Now, everything that the devil tried to plan, try to have for you, is actually an imitation of what God really has for you. See, the devil going to always bring some type of imitation. He has some type of falsehood, and he's trying to duplicate, he's trying to replicate God. Listen, he's trying to get God's glory, God's honor, and he knows that you're going to give it to God, so he want to make sure that he can try to take that from you uh, from God to, and, and, and receive it from you. No. So when it boils down to it, the devil knows that God has your best interest at heart. So what he's trying to do, he's trying to get all he can, and once he get all he can, then he feel like, you know what, now I can give this person, I can give this person this. It'll break up their relationship with him and God. But ultimately, the devil don't care about you. He's trying to kill you. He's trying to not just kill you, but he's trying to destroy you. But like in the Bible, it tells us, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I come, Jesus Christ, I come that you may have life and have it more abundantly, which means a better quality of life. So being saved is not hard. It's actually fun. You can be able to watch a healthy movie and be able to just really enjoy life and have peace. See, God gives peace and adds no sorrow. God has a perfect plan for us in our life. But like I said, the devil tries so desperately to destroy that, to tarnish that. Everything that God has planned for us, the devil is going to try to have some type of imitation. God already have God already have a a spouse if you desire to have a, a mate, a spouse. God has the right one, the perfect one for you. And it's gonna bring honor and glory to him. It's gonna bring you peace, joy, and also remember this what God gives, he added rich he gives riches and added no sorrow. But what the devil gives it's the opposite of what God provides. If God added riches and added no sorrow, the things of the devil, it really bringeth sorrow. If God has, if God have riches for you, the devil have what? Junk for you. If God has treasures, the devil have trash. If God wants you to operate in faith, the devil going to try to bring what? Fear. If God wants you to move forward, the devil going to want you to be paralyzed and stand still or go backwards. The devil going to always try to bring intimidation. The devil going to always try to bring doubt. God said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me or who gives me the ability. But the devil going to try to bring what? Doubt. Why? Because he don't want you to become the men and ladies that God called for you to be, but also realizing that the devil is jealous. 
Because why? Because he got kicked out of heaven, and guess who's taking his place in worship? Is what? It's us. Remember, when Lucifer was in heaven, he was what? Over worship. So now he's no longer what? In heaven. And the ones that are worshiping him, us, we're taking his spot. So guess what? He's trying to retaliate. He's jealous. But So do you actually think that the devil has our best interests? No, he doesn't. So why do we obey him? There's no reason. It's, look, we already know that the devil means us no good. So why do we obey him? Why do we give him the time of day? We already know he got game. We already know he has a hidden agenda, a hidden motive. Actually, it's already exposed. Like I said earlier, he come to steal, kill, and destroy. So he trying every every way, every plot and plan to what? To confuse you, to lure you out of God's hands and into his hands. That's the reason why it's very, very important for us to not just read the Bible, to study the Bible. This is our lifeline, to study the Bible, to see what God's Word says about every situation. And remember this, even us being saved, we have security. But also, think think about this, because of us being saved, does that mean that because you're saved or because you're a Christian that you'll never go through anything? The answer is no. Sometimes some of your biggest problems happen when you become saved. But the beautiful thing about it between us dealing with problems before we got saved versus us dealing with problems and we are saved, we're not in our situation alone. We're not having problems or dealing with problems or tests or trials by ourselves. We have an ever-present help through Jesus Christ. We have help. Get this, not only with our test that we deal with, but guess what? We're dealing with a test, and we have an open book test. God has every answer pertaining to life and situations written in his word. So when we deal with the trials and the tests of life, not only do we have God's word as our manual, which is an open book test to help us, but also we got the teacher that's here to instruct us on how to be able to get the right answers to whatever problem that we're dealing with. Have you thought about that? When we in school, wouldn't it be cool to be able to go through a test, even though sometimes sometimes people just panic because of tests. It brings anxiety upon people when they find out, oh, there's a test or there's a pop quiz. But just imagine the teacher letting you know that, hey, there's a test. But look, you can use your book. But also, all you need to do, if, if you need help, normally the teacher don't give you the answers. They're kind of in a roundabout way to tell you what you need to do, tell you what, where you need to look at. But we have, we have the Holy Ghost living within us to not only help us to go to the right page in the open book, but also be able to tell us where it is, what it says, but also how to apply it in our life, what kind of God we serve. So in other words, why should we fret? Why should we worry? 
Worry is actually saying that we don't trust God. So why should we worry when we got an open book test right there? We have the Holy Ghost living within us. So, there, listen, there is no panic in heaven, only preparation. But see, also, God would never allow us to go through anything without forewarning us. Sometimes he would tell us, just like when we look on the news, when we get ready to go out of town or get ready to go. Matter of fact, when I go to work, I always cut on the news, not only to check the weather, but also to even check the traffic. And so sometimes I'm looking and they say, okay, there's no traffic. But see, when I get in my car, as I'm driving, I look and I see my GPS. It tells me the route that I'm going. And sometimes even though the 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 uh, the TV told me that there was no traffic, but then sometime while I'm on my journey, excuse me, there's an accident that just happened. Even though I didn't catch it on the TV, but I'm looking at my GPS, and my GPS let me know, hey, there's a fresh accident that just happened. You might want to avoid this. You might want to avoid that. You might want to avoid going this route. It's the same way that God deal with us, tell us. God will forewarn us about things, but we have to be listening. We have to be paying attention. We have to be listening with our spiritual senses. And when we do that, we realize that, you know what? God can help us. God guides us in every area of our life. So when we deal with things, we're not dealing with it alone. Jesus told us, I will never leave nor forsake you, which means I will never abandon you. I will never reject you. I will not leave you as an orphanage. So salvation, salvation with being saved, we are living the best life. Now, some people try to make it hard because they don't want to give up what they're into. But a true believer being saved ain't hard. Being saved is fun. Being saved is joyful. In actuality, it's actually more benefits because you you have a present helper, but also you have somebody that's instructing you to guide you from the things that are harmful to you into the things that will bring you life, an abundant life, a better quality of life. We don't have to make – listen. We don't have to make decisions upon our own. We have somebody that's willing to help us if we go to him, if we talk to him. So, hey, look here. There's no need for us to be able to worry and stress or, well, you know, being saved is hard. Listen, we've heard people say that, but look at the people that have said that. They, listen, they're not, they don't want to give up what they're into. You know, all I can say when it boils down to it, for those who really, really, really want to accept Jesus Christ into their life, he'll come. But not just receiving Jesus Christ into their life, but even have you be delivered from any and everything that you want. Anything that you need deliverance from, Jesus Christ is willing to help you. But you have to want it for yourself. And like I said, I'm telling you from personal experience. It don't take him long to move. Sometimes it takes long, not because of him, but because of us. When we come to the realization, you know what, God, 
I've been wrestling this for far too long. You know what? Uh, I'm tired. And he said, that's what I've been waiting on. But also, I'm going to tell you this. Not only in being delivered, but I will say this. I said earlier, because because you say that doesn't mean that we're exempt from situations or problems or anything like that. But also, I'm going to tell you this. I testified this morning. God can deliver you from any and everything. Now, I had migraine headaches when I was a kid. I used to suffer migraine headaches real badly. And so I used to have it three or four times a year. And so as I got older, eventually it would slow down. So the last time I had a migraine headache was in 2009. And I testified about that to a friend of mine on Friday. And so get this. I didn't have any more since 2009. So all of a sudden, guess what? 24 hours later, devil tried to bring back that feeling of a migraine headache. Now, does that mean that I was not delivered? No, I was delivered from it. But see, what happened, the devil will always try to, what, come back. He's going to always try to return back to what? To throw a little scare tactic to make you question, well, you know what? Maybe God didn't deliver you from that. The devil going to always try to bring doubt. But you know what I have to remind myself? Devil, you're alive. God delivered me, set me free, and I have to realize this was just an offer that the devil was trying to present, and I had to tell him no. You think about this. You think about an ex that did you wrong, an ex that really just sorry, lied to you, cheated on you, took your money, all these things. And that person, after years, you haven't seen that person. Now you're in a, a great relationship, a loving relationship, someone that respects you, someone that would give you instead of take from you. Now you're in that kind of relationship. And then all of a sudden, years later, from afar, you're seeing that ex, and they still walk the same way, talk the same way, dress the same way, same appearance, same characteristic and everything. As soon as you see them coming and you pick up that aura, uh-uh, 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 say, say, what's going on? Say, they talking the same way. You're like, nope, you go back. It's the same devil. And it's the same way we look at pertaining to what we deal with in life. When the devil, even though God delivered us from things, but sometimes the devil will try to come back to try to present it or even to make you doubt, make you question that God deliver you. And you have to tell yourself, God did deliver me. But sometimes the devil try to bring those residual things to come back. But remember this, we can refuse that. We can send it back because, like I said, it's just an offer. When somebody offers you something, that does not mean that you accept it. Same thing pertaining to the devil. When the devil try to present things, you can reject it. You don't have to accept what people or what the devil brings to you. The choice is yours. So don't ever let anybody make you think that you don't have a choice in this life. You do have a choice. Life is all about choices. And that's the same thing pertaining to salvation. 
I'm gonna say this, and then we're gonna. I see someone on the line. We're gonna get on the line. We talked about salvation in, like I said, SOS. But it's three aspects of salvation. I wanted to make sure to bring that out. It's three aspects of salvation. The first aspect of salvation is because we accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, we are removed from the penalty of sin. Because, because of sin, the human race was in trouble. And the penalty of sin was death. But because we accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, the penalty of sin is removed. So now we're no longer we're no longer enemies of God. We are friends of God. We are children of God. We have been engrafted within the family. And I will say this while I'm thinking about it. There is no favorite child of God. There is no, well, I've been saved longer, so I'm closer to God, or I'm a bishop, I'm an apostle, I'm a this. No, 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 no. The same rights, the same access that the apostle, bishop, preacher, pastor, whoever, the same access they have is the same access someone that just got saved five minutes ago has. I want y'all to marinate on that. So don't let anybody make you feel because of their position or their title that they got they got a better access to God. Or well, I'm closer to God. I heard I heard this some time ago, and I'm praying for that person. But don't let anybody make you feel because of who they are or what position that they have in church, that they are closer to God than you? The answer is no. I'm going to tell you this. If we go to the White House right now, I don't care what title I have. I don't care what title they have. When it comes down to the government, the government want to know your name, not your title. So when it comes down to the government or the kingdom of God, they want to know your name, not your title. So don't worry about well because I just got saved and this this uh this this minister uh, this person has been saved longer than I have. They say that uh I, I can't talk to God, I can't go to God. The answer is no. Like I said earlier, whosoever come, whosoever call upon the name, whosoever they're saved, whoever want to talk to God can. You're God's child, so don't let anybody make you feel inferior. Now, that's an insecurity within them, not within you. So don't let anybody bully you. That's bullying. That's a spiritual bullying, and God's going to deal with them. There's nowhere in the Scripture that says that you can't talk to God because of you don't have a specific title. No. So, no, just I'll put it like this. You, if they tell you that, then you ask them, where's the scripture that says that? And not just one scripture, more than one scripture. And don't let them tell you, hey, you can't question God. No, I'm not questioning God. I'm questioning you. But the Bible does want us to question him so that way we'll know. In other words, question him, and every time we have a question to God, he's going to always reveal himself through his word or audibly or send, his, send the answers that we need. So, 
I just want to share that with you. But the first aspect of salvation has been removed. The penalty of sin has been removed. So the second aspect of salvation is the power of sin. The power of sin. First aspect was the penalty of sin. The second aspect is the power of sin or the influence of sin. See, we have the Holy Ghost living within us to help us overcome the influence, the power over sin. We can overcome it. We can overcome any and everything through Jesus Christ. Not in our own ability, not in our own ability, but through Jesus Christ. The third aspect the presence of sin. This is after after we die. We will no longer be in the presence of sin. So once again, the first aspect, we're moved from the penalty of sin. The second aspect, we're removed. Uh, uh, we, we, we have uh, help of the power of sin. And then the third aspect is the presence of sin is removed. So that's why it's so important for us to be saved. It's so important in, like I said, being able to live a life where you can be able to know that, you know what, you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, and most importantly, he wants a relationship with you. So we're getting ready to go on the, get ready to go online right now. We have someone on the air. Hello, welcome to Reconnect My Heart Podcast. You're on the air. Hello? Can't hear them. One more thing. Hello? Can you hear me? Okay. Okay, well, I, I do thank you for listening. But I hope you understand the importance of being saved. And like I said, if I had a really known how much I was loved by God, if I had a really known, I would have, I would have, like I said, when I was young, I gave my life to Christ. But I allowed, I allowed myself to get into situations, to get into booby traps because I, I didn't know how much God loved me. I didn't realize how much God loved me. Until I surrendered my whole life and gave him everything. And when I realized, I began to realize, wow, not only he loved me so much, but I began to learn more about myself when I really started studying his word. I realized, wow, he loved me so much. He made me the apple of his eye. He made me this way. He made me that way. I'm like, I mean, it, it, it's so remarkable, especially talking about me, somebody who was dealing with most self-esteem, insecurities, all that stuff. And I realized he was concerned about me. Jesus Christ is concerned about me. He's concerned about every aspect pertaining to my life, every aspect. So why wouldn't I want to serve him? Why wouldn't I want to obey him? Why wouldn't I want to love him? And it's easy. Like I said, being saved is so easy. It's easier than we think. I mean, wow. Being able to wake up, and most importantly, being able to wake up with peace. 
with joy and realize that God want to guide us in every area of our life. So if I if I if I could talk to somebody that may be listening who may feel like you know what uh being saved it ain't for me or you know it, it's you know well you know everybody else they doing this they doing that now don't rely upon you not accepting Jesus Christ because of somebody else's actions or behavior. There are some who may be even saying that they're saved, but they're not acting like it. They're not showing and or exhibiting the love of God. But you don't allow that to make a decision for you. You learn, you seek God for yourself. You look at who God is for yourself, not based upon somebody else's actions. Don't use that as an excuse. Know that Jesus Christ wants a personal relationship with you. And like I said, it ain't hard. Like I said, sometimes we don't want to make it hard. Christ has already planned everything out for us. What do we need to do? We need to just accept it. Accept what Jesus Christ did upon the cross. Think about it. He took our cross. He took our place on the cross. That could have been us. But he exchanged his life for us. So we can have so we can have his life that he planned out for us. There's an exchange. He exchanged our life for us so our life could be like his. He wanna he want us to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Excuse me, he wants us to have a relationship with God the Father. And we can. And what better life to live than in Jesus Christ. So Realize no matter what situation you might have dealt with in your life or even the struggles or even whatever you've had in the past, don't allow your past, don't allow other people to make you feel like you're disqualified from God's love. No, whosoever will, let them come. Look at David. Look at David. David was a murderer. Look at Saul, which turned into Paul. He murdered the Christians. He plotted the death of Stephen. But when he gave his life to Jesus Christ, he became one of the most prolific New Testament writers. So whatever your past was, or even when the devil tried to bring up your past, you bring up his future. So when people bring up when people bring up your past, guess what? Jesus Christ has washed it under the blood. So don't let anybody to discourage you from accepting Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. So if there's anybody that's in here that may not be saved, this episode is for you. Why wait? Tomorrow is not promised. Why delay accepting Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? But also, whatever situation you may be dealing with, I don't care what it is. You don't have to deal with it alone. It could be a baby mama drama. It could be a baby daddy drama. It could be financial, uh, a financial situation. It could be legal situation you may be facing. You don't have to deal with it alone. It could, listen, it could be health issues. It could be children issues. Whatever issue that you're dealing with, you don't have to deal with it alone. No, Jesus Christ died for you 
for you to have access to the Father, and for you to go to the Father for help. And even if there's anybody that's dealing with some addictions, anybody that's dealing with insecurity, whatever your problem is, we can give it to God. And guess what? We can talk to God all at once, at one time, and he won't get any of our communications mixed up. He's listening to each and every one of our requests, our prayers, and he's not getting it crossed up. So no matter what it is, you can give it to God. Heavenly Father, we're coming to you right now. Thank you, Lord, for your awesomeness. We're coming to you right now, God. You see the needs and the concern of your children on tonight, God. We ask Lord to help, God, meet the needs of your children right now. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we ask Lord to help, God. Help, God. First of all, we acknowledge your presence on tonight, God. God, we ask Lord to forgive us, God, if there's anything that we said or done to all felt that was unlike you, God. We ask you for forgiveness, and we receive your forgiveness. God, we thank you, Lord, for dying upon the cross, God, for us, God, to have a relationship with God the Father. God, we thank you, Lord, for loving us even while we were in the midst of our sins, God. God, we thank you, Lord, for loving us, God. We thank you, Lord, for exchanging our lives right now, God. God, we speak, God, for those who may be sick, touch and hear their bodies right now. God, those who may be confused, God. God, stimulate, God, we ask, God, to uh, uh, given stability of the mind right now, God. God, we speaking, God, that you help, that you heal, God. From the crown of their head to the sole of their feet. And saying about everything you stand for, about every problem, about every confusion right now. In the name of Jesus, what the devil meant for evil, God, you will turn up for our good. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing, what you've already done right now, God. And we ask, Lord, to allow God, those who may be listening, God, who may be encouraged, God, who may have accepted you, God. God, let them know, God, you have a purpose and a plan for them, God, and help them to seek you, to study your word, God, to spend quality time with you, God, to know, God, not only to know more about you, God, but even reveal who you are, who they are to you, God. And we thank you for it right now, God. God, we're speaking, God, for those who may need deliverance, God. God, deliver them, set them free, God. God, we speak, God, that you destroy every yoke, God. Destroy every yoke, God. We speak, God, that you lift every burden right now, God. Those who may be grieving, God. Those who may be hurting, God. We thank you for what you've already done. And we thank you. We praise your name. In Jesus' name we pray. We say amen, amen, amen. I want to thank everyone who tuned in and listened and supported this program. If you have any suggestions on future topics, Feel free to contact me. I'm on Facebook. I'm Brother Prater, or you can um, you can go which on Facebook you can read my daily devotions and videos on my page. Also, you can subscribe to my YouTube channel, or you can go to my website www.brotherprater.org. You will see my daily devotions and upcoming events and personal appearances. Also, you can go to the store section of my website where you can purchase my book, A Few Good Men, A Path to Godly Fatherhood. A Few Good Men was written to inform the men of the needs and responsibilities to their children, family, spouse, or children's mother, to inform the women the needs of men and to give the single women the qualities of potential future husband and or father to present or future children. I want to thank each and every one who tuned in and listened to the show, and thank you for listening to Reconnect My Heart radio program. God bless you, and good night. <laughs>